The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. This is probably the time of year every year that we talk about, man, the year is going by so fast. But I mean, literally, we're opening today's show talking about the NBA draft because the lottery just happened, right? I mean, we're coming up on being halfway through 2022. We'll get to that in a second. We also have Ian Castleberry joining us today to talk about Patrick Beverly. Ryan Brown is going to join me a little bit later. He is uh, not a, a like brand new writer to the site. He's been with us for about a month at this point, but we haven't had him on Media Noise yet. So we're going to take care of that a little bit later on today. But first, all right, I told you we were going to open with a little bit of NBA draft news. Did you see the headline that Disney is going to present a simulcast of the NBA draft similar to how they do the the NFL draft. Just the difference is you're not going to get the full experience on both ESPN and ABC. ESPN will have the traditional coverage and ABC will have its own broadcast of the first round of the NBA draft. I am more invested in the NBA than I am in the NFL. I like anything that sees the NBA's footprint grow, but Something like this, it falls into that same category to me of something like The Jump or NBA Today. I wonder sometimes if ESPN makes decisions around its NBA programming based on the way we NBA fans follow the league versus the way they know how to do business. This seems like... It is a great idea for the NFL draft because the NFL is a cultural event, right? Like it it asks you to donate one entire day of the week. And other than that, there are event games that we are all watching together. The NBA is spread out with such a big schedule every single night. On top of that, the, the feeder system, college football, is It is regional, right? I, I don't want to pretend it's not. It is regional just like college basketball is. The difference is college football has the benefit of being football. Anytime there is a big game in the world of college football, look at the ratings. It will outrate just about anything but the NFL. College basketball doesn't do that. So I, I wonder... Between the way NBA fans follow the league, which is way more social media-based than any of the other big three uh, that are out there, and also the fact that the feeder system, like, you know, like I said, I'm a huge NBA fan. When the Celtics, who are the team I, I love, whenever they had those early round picks that they got in the trade with the Nets, I was calling my buddy that runs a college basketball recruiting magazine and asking him, do I like this? Am I happy about this? And I think I'm in the vast majority. I love that the NBA is growing. I love that ESPN is invested in growing the NBA as an entertainment product. I just don't know if these ideas fit with the way we like to follow the sport. As we get ready to start our conversation about Patrick Beverly, certainly he showed this week he can be a breakout star in the world of media. Ian Castleberry, I want to ask you if you saw Paul Allen's comments on KFAN up in Minneapolis that the most impressive thing he did was leave Stephen A. Smith speechless. (laughs) Yeah, that was impressive. Um, Anytime you can make Stephen A. uh, 
be quiet and uh, think about what's being said. I suppose that's that's notable, and Patrick Beverly, uh, for, for a variety of reasons, that being one of them, uh, was really impressive uh, in his TV. What, was that his debut, his TV debut this week? You know what's funny? I was actually wondering the same thing. Certainly he did. He made a lot of rounds after celebrating knocking the Clippers out of the play-in tournament, but I think this is the first time hmm. I can remember him being – in studio doing these shows and not just, you know, the, the live satellite link from his home kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know how this, uh, came about, whether ESPN invited him, whether Patrick Beverly's agent, uh, suggested him for the, for those, uh, uh, for those gigs. I mean, Beverly's certainly been outspoken throughout his career, whether on the court or off the court, it was certainly a good try and in a really high profile gig uh, the Monday uh, after uh, an exciting round of uh, NBA playoffs. Well, maybe, you know what? Maybe not that exciting because we had two game sevens that were kind of dust, right. but uh, <laughs> certainly uh, the, the NBA was in the spotlight uh, on Sunday and Monday was following up on that. Yeah, as, as a Celtics fan, I certainly found Sunday more exciting than I found Tuesday. <laughs> so you, I think this is a really interesting time for this to have happened because you juxtapose uh, what we just saw from Patrick Beverly with the news that uh, Tom Brady is going to get a 10-year, $375 million offer from Fox. Beverly is not a guy I think most fans would have on their radar unless they are either NBA fans or specifically uh, Timberwolves fans. You know, this brings up a question that I think we have a lot. The value of the superstar versus the value of the guy that will actually say something. I mean, I am somebody that has been in the sports media business for a while now. I would always rather have the interesting guy over the star. But I wonder, am I thinking about this the wrong way? Is it not one more valuable than the other? Is it there are two different types of value? I don't think you are thinking about it the wrong way, but I think maybe executives and producers might be thinking about it the wrong way. I, I think the, the big reason Tom Brady got that big contract is for Fox to lock up a name that everyone uh, presumably wanted for broadcasting, not even thinking about whether he'd be good at it or not, but just hoping and getting that name recognition, preventing Tom Brady from going anyplace else. Right. I mean, I don't know what his options were as far as uh, ESPN or, or, or NBC or, or another network, but Fox knows they will have Tom Brady. And, and they went for the biggest name. Tom Brady certainly has the mainstream name recognition. I mean, uh, you know, your mother knows who uh, Tom <laughs> right. Brady is. I'm talking generally your mother, my mother, uh, knows who Tom Brady is and might actually have some curiosity. Patrick Beverly uh, isn't known uh, outside of basketball. And maybe even, like you said, even the casual basketball fan doesn't know who he is. But he showed we, we don't have any question right now as to whether Patrick Beverly could be a good broadcaster because he showed it uh, all this week on ESPN. So along those lines, the Shacks of the world, the Charles Barkleys of the world, like they are rare, right? Like the guys that were at the very, very top of the sport for a period of time and also are really interesting on TV. Patrick Beverly and uh, Tom Brady obviously could not be more opposite in terms of what we expect for them to deliver to television. Is it possible that if you 
were looking at Patrick Beverly as a game analyst, maybe that is where Tom Brady's value is more. Is is the celebrity bigger when you're talking about game analyst versus studio analyst for that very thing you mentioned? The most casual of fan probably isn't tuning in for the pregame show, but they probably are coming to the game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, first of all, the, the game broadcasting, you're talking about three to four hours uh, of an investment from the viewer. Um, they have to do a lot more talking. Uh, we, we've seen people like uh, Dan Patrick talk about why Drew Brees uh, may have preferred game analyst analysis mm-hmm. over studio analysis. Studio analysis, you got to have the quick sound bite, get in and out maybe 20, 30 seconds, whereas uh, you, you can expand on a thought or, or you know, continue it later in the broadcast during a game. So I, I think um, maybe it is apples and oranges to, to some extent uh, comparing – what we're expecting for Tom, from Tom Brady as a game analyst versus Patrick Beverly as a studio analyst. Uh, I do think, you know, you mentioned Shaquille O'Neal. You mentioned Charles Barkley. I do find it interesting. I think basketball tends to lend itself better to uh, this type of studio analysis rather than uh, – can you think of a, of a game analyst in the NBA who uh, is really known or, or might attract viewers or, or is known for something he might say? Maybe Reggie Miller, but other than that, I, I can't really – Jeff Van Gundy, that, no name really jumps to mind for me. How about you? No, I'm, I'm with you. I think that John Skipper hit the nail on the head when he was talking to Dan Patrick last week that Barkley is the one guy you tune in for to see what he has to say. I think that is true across sports broadcasting. I, I want to end here, like bringing it back to Patrick Beverly real quick because something you said about being able to expand on your point – it, it made me think about all those times we hear from the guys that do both radio and television that they like radio more because there is more opportunity to be genuine, to show your personality, et cetera, et cetera. That's probably why Patrick Beverly is going to excel at a studio show, and, and maybe he wouldn't have as much value as a game analyst, right? Yeah, I think so. He, he can't say, you know, he can say the things he would during a game broadcast, but the the game's always moving. The game doesn't stop for Patrick Beverly to call Chris Paul a cone on defense, whereas that is highlighted on a studio show. It can be made into clips and, and go onto social media. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think we'll see Patrick Beverly become uh, a game analyst. I, you know, for all the, the, the credit and attention he's gotten this week, I think we also have to see if Patrick Beverly can be this candid about the entire league and not just Chris Paul. (laughs) So I've enjoyed having Ryan Brown write for the site for us for the better part of the last month, but we haven't had him on the podcast yet. So Ryan, welcome to uh, Media Noise. You are now officially part of the Barrett family. My goodness. Does this come with like prizes or something like that? Or is it just the pride of knowing I'm, I'm now part of the podcast as well? Yeah, I think it, it is just pride. But like I said, Barrett family. So we are all in JB's will now, as I understand it. Oh, that's that's even better. I can't <laughs> wait. I mean, not that I want him to die. Sure. But in the event he does, this is fantastic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in the event he does, it pays off for all of us. Right, right, right. (laughs) Let's talk about your new column on Kevin Burkhart because it came at a great time, I think. All of last week, we were sort of debating uh, the, the merits, the validity of Tom Brady getting the kind of deal he got 
to join Fox. And Kevin Burkhart, who just a few months ago was being celebrated for ascending to that number one booth, kind of fell by the wayside. And you reminded people that this is a really not only inspirational story, but almost a how-to for anybody that wants to be a play-by-play broadcaster. I thought it was such a cool story, and you know a little bit of the backstory, uh, so I'll, I'll just tell it real quickly. I had a different, as you well know, a different approach to that column idea, and in starting it, it forced me, uh, as I would have done anyway, to do a little background work on Kevin Burkhart, and for the first time, I had seen him do games. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan, so I'm more familiar with the CBS announcers. Mm-hmm. So I've seen Burkhardt new games, but it's not like a guy that had really studied his work. And um, so I, I started looking into his backstory, and I was just blown away at what a cool story he had. So, you know, I reached out to you, and I'm like, hey, i got a totally different idea. I kind of want to take the angle of this guy has done what I think is – the best way for somebody that's got really no connections, no sure path in the business, um, this is the best way to get into it. And it's just such a cool story about the way, you know, he worked his way up the ladder. He was selling cars, looked like his dream was over, and just his perseverance paid off. I thought it was such a great story. We all know Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's a great story, too. It's so easy to forget that because he's won all the Super Bowls. But, you know, this guy – didn't have a conventional path to the NFL either. So I just really thought it was a cool story, so I was glad I was able to tell a little slice of it. That's one of the things that I kind of wonder as we get closer to the booth making its debut, does Fox lean into the the used car salesman in the sixth-round pick now uh, calling the biggest game every week? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what's cool, too, is you pair those guys up. I don't know if they'll do that, but in a lot of ways, You know, if you go back 20 years, go back to the uh, end of Tom Brady's career at at Michigan, um, when he was far from a Camus prospect to quarterback. (laughs) And at that time, Kevin Burkhardt's either doing high school football or selling cars. I mean, it is the most unlikely pairing. I mean, like, they're replacing Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. And I think Joe Buck's really good, but you're not stunned that Joe Buck's in that position because his dad's Jack Buck. And I'm not saying he was handed that position – but I am saying it was a natural progression of, hey, you're really good, too, and your dad's one of the greatest of all time. Troy Aikman was a coveted quarterback coming out of college and played for the Dallas Cowboys. You're not surprised by that booth. You're not surprised necessarily by Jim Nance and Tony Romo, but you go back 20 years and you're blown away that Tom Brady and Kevin Burkhart would have one of the biggest jobs in all of sports media. You know, it's interesting. You bring up Joe Buck, and it makes me think a little bit, about Ernie Johnson, a guy whose dad was obviously synonymous with uh, with sports in the South for so long. Like, plenty of those guys, whether it is nepotism that gets things started or not, they certainly establish themselves as valuable members of the business, right? And then, along the lines of Fox losing Joe Buck, the guy they're replacing him with on the baseball side of things, Joe Davis is a natural who gets his break very early in life. It is so easy to get caught up in stories like that that I think it is really good for people that feel like they are struggling, that feel like the dream has been derailed. You know, it's like the old Colonel Sanders didn't come up with KFC until he was in his 60s, right? Like Kevin Burkhart is great proof that it is never too late and there is never anything wrong with continuing to work from the bottom to make things happen. No doubt about it. And Joe Davis, um, you know, I happen to know a little bit of this story because he was working in our state here in Alabama. 
he was doing a Montgomery Biscuits game when he was discovered. It's a fantastic story uh, when he was discovered by ESPN. So this is a guy that was, I mean, he was far from, you know, ascending the ladder. You're doing double-A baseball in the Southern League in Montgomery, Alabama. You're a long, long way <laughs> from replacing Ben Scully at that point. And, you know, I mean, it's a lot like Kevin Burkhart. And I respect guys like that. But, and listen, and I know you know this, This was that was not intended as a shot at Joe Buck. I'm a fan of Joe Buck. I think yeah. he is very good. But I think Joe Buck would probably tell you he had a massive advantage. And Ernie Johnson Jr. would tell you that my dad's name helped me tremendously in, in, in that field. Those guys still have to go be good and have to earn it. They're just not handed that. But I do love it when you get a story of a guy that doesn't have that same inherent advantage, but they just work their tail off and they persevere. And they're willing, you know, that was my point with Kevin Burkhart. I get people that come up all the time and tell me, uh, hey, you know, I love sports. I want to do what you guys do for a living on our daily show or whatever, you know, or TV. And I tell, I, you know, as I said in the column, I tell them the same thing. you you got to go volunteer somewhere. Nobody is mm-hmm. just going to hand you a paying job to be on the air. Uh, and And – just about everybody I have ever worked with, that's how they started. They were either a low-rung, you know, ground-level job and were getting paid to do something and eventually worked their way on the air, or they just walked in and was like, hey, I, they were like, I want to be on the air, I'll volunteer. And, and the, what Kevin Burkhart learned is the very best place to do that is a high school broadcast because every small-town radio station – is doing a high school broadcast. They make a lot of money on it, and they're trying to do it as cheaply as possible. <laughs> and it right. is a it is a gr- it's a great place to find your way on the air. And I, I've given that advice thousands of times to go do it. And people look at you crazy. Like, well, I want to get paid. Well, yeah, I'm sure you want to get paid. But you know what? You're going to need experience. You're going to need somebody to trust you before they're going to pay you to do it. A big thank you to Ryan and Ian before him. You know, it's interesting, Ryan, talking about Kevin Burkhart. It reminds me that Fox has not officially named who his partner is going to be for the 2022 season yet. Andrew Marchand reports that the network is working on a deal with Greg Olson. I would imagine we're going to get some sort of announcement soon. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.